Welcome to The Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. The Columbus Race for the Cure is the largest Susan G. Komen run in the nation. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of drive to continue spreading the message of breast cancer awareness and early detection. I talk with Komen Columbus Executive Director Katie Carter about what keeps her team motivated to be kind. Katie, thank you very much for talking with me today. Can you tell me how the Susan G. Komen organization started? It began with a promise, right? It did. And I think it's um, it's one of the best stories, you know, I've, I've, I've heard. And, um, it, and it was, it was, a, it's a promise between two sisters um, uh, back in 1980. So a long time ago, uh, in terms of, you know, dealing with breast cancer. But um, Nancy Brinker promised her sister, Susan G. Komen, who is now obviously the organization's named after, but promised her sister who was dying of breast cancer that she would do anything in her power to not let this to happen to anybody else. And hence, uh, two years later, the Susan G. Komen organization started and was all volunteers for a very long time. And um, I think that's where, you know, when we talk about uh, kindness and doing something good for somebody else, I mean, what better promise between uh, two sisters? So um, it's, it's kind of how the beginning started. And I imagine that um, that Nancy had no idea how this would eventually blossom and grow. But I know as a breast cancer survivor um, that I'm super grateful for that conversation between those sisters because 35, 40 years ago, you couldn't even say the word breast cancer. You know, that wouldn't be over the airwaves, right? Right, right. And I think that's it goes back to just... um, the power of, you know, when you when you lose somebody that's so close to you, like a sister, I mean, it, you know, it truly is devastating and impactful. And I think, you know, for Nancy, I mean, it, she tells a story all the time about it, just I had to do something. And and that something was uh, starting a foundation. Um, again, to the power of watching Susie go through, um, you know, back again, over, you know, close to 40 years ago, uh, this the surgeries and the the chemo and everything was so different now. Um, it's still obviously, you know, people go through this and it's heartbreaking to see people go through chemo. But uh, I think she just didn't want that to happen to anybody else and took that in you know in inside of her and just dominated. Um, you know, went to every connection she knew and called every corporation and friends and gathered them together and said, we are going to do this. And I think, again, that goes to testament of not only Nancy, but um, just when you promise somebody something, you really wanted to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And even from the kind of the cold clinical waiting rooms and and exam rooms that that Nancy and Susan sat in versus what I got to sit in when I had my treatment. You know, everyone in the waiting room is wearing white and pink robes and you see the pink ribbon. Was the pink ribbon something that initially started with uh, the Susan G. Komen Foundation? I'd like to think so. I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the, the pink obviously with, with breast cancer has been synonymous um, over the years. And yeah, I mean, it started with that pink ribbon and um, with Komen. And then obviously now it's you see pink ribbon or ribbons all over the collar spectrum, you know, for different causes. And um, I think that was, you know, Nancy's way of, hey, we're going to educate people. And one is by a ribbon and, and two is by doing more than that and raising money and um, changing that outcome of what Susie did to hopefully have others live. Um, 
and again, I look at that organization and uh, being a part of it, just, I'm, I'm so lucky every day to come to work, um, and, and be a part of it. Yeah. Do you get to see kindness unfold on a daily basis at Coleman Columbus? You're in the Columbus, Ohio branch of the organization. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think every day I, I see something, you know, and I think it's just, um, you know, I think in the beginning, I've, I've always felt like, um, you know, when I first started, I was the only employee. We had a board of directors um, and these large committees. They're all volunteers. And and I felt kind of guilty at some point of, wow, I get, I get to do this as a paid position. And all these other people are doing it because they've they, they want our breast cancer survivor, too. They lost somebody they love or somebody that has been in their family has been diagnosed and they want to do more. Um, and so uh, I see it every day, you know, coming to work, we have, um, it impacted my family. My aunt was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, like a few months after I started with Komen. And then my grandmother had unfortunately passed away when I was really young. So, um, it, it's obviously passionate for me, but, um, just to see these every day we hear stories and just, I think for us, kindness is sometimes, um, just listening to people hearing their story and how do we support them, whether it's, again, just by listening or giving them the tools and the resources to, to get the mammogram or the treatment they need, um, connecting other survivors to other people so they can share their stories um, and, you know, kind of feed off each other that they see somebody that's maybe been a 40-year survivor and now they just were diagnosed. They, they know there's hope. Um, and so we're very fortunate to live in a great community where we only have, we have our you know, supporters in our community, our donors, um, our sponsors, our corporations, and and just volunteers that, you know, they want to save lives. And um, we're very lucky to see that every day. I think a lot of times now, Susan G. Komen is, um, you know, you think of the race, there's the race for the cure. Um, and maybe that, I don't know if that's 90% of what you do, or 70% of what you do. But I don't know that the general public knows that they could call. And you know what I mean? Like there is somebody there who cares about them. And I I called Coleman after I was diagnosed. And, and, you know, there was somebody on the other end of the line to say, hey. And and I called my local branch. I called you guys in Coleman, Columbus. And, um, And remember, I remember talking on the phone with Becca. And she said, you know, just words of encouragement. I don't even know exactly what she said, but I thought, wow, this is supposed to be this huge worldwide organization. And yet there's one person who's willing to pick up the phone and talk to me because I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, um, you know, we hear that every day. And uh, for us, it's, 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 that's what we do, you know? And, um, but I also feel like it's, um, the race is just one aspect. I mean, obviously, everybody knows us because of the race for the cure. It's anonymous. It's, I mean, it's it's how races started in the communities. I mean, for charity events. I mean, we were the leader, and um, and I'm very proud of that fact. But it is it's one day of where we can celebrate survivors. We can honor the ones we've lost, um, and people know us by that. But we're so much more. Uh, year round. Um, we're here for everybody. We have, you know, our headquarters, we have a hotline number. Anyone across the country globally can call in and ask questions and uh, if they need treatment, if uh, the assistance or um, whatever they need, they can call that hotline or they can call the local affiliate and we can guide them to the right resources and whether it's treatment they need or um, just a mammogram because they feel something is not right. 
Um, and just being able to share those stories and also to share um, and save lives. I mean, uh, not many people get to say they get to work uh, for an organization or a, a company that saves lives every day. And um, we're very proud of that. But we know that um, we have events throughout the year. But it's, it's important to know that um, we are here for people. And whether it's just to listen, share their story, uh, get them the, the, the support they need through, you know, physicians or uh, chemotherapy or um, just, you know, guidance through the process, navigation, um, you know, that Komen is here for them and we will guide them and give them the right uh, people that can help them. How do you ensure that kindness is an important value among your board and your staff? Is that an ongoing conversation? Uh, you know, it is. I think it's it's when you work for an organization, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, you know, for me, I felt kind of guilty because I, I work for an organization that we do this every day, but um, we have to find other times to be able to share that with our board. I mean, again, they're all volunteers um, with our staff. Um, uh, we have to, con- you know, continue to think about it because we, we live it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we as a group, we actually volunteer every year um, and pick a charity uh, and, and as a group, we do it, um, just to kind of get out of the, you know, the, the day of activities and really to think about other people than mm-hmm. just our organization and, and things of like that. And, and we enjoy doing it together. It's kind of a team building bonding experience. And, um, this year we're, we're going to go, uh, serve a meal for the women's shelter at the Y. Uh, and in the past we've, you know, done different things. So it's, for us, it's it's important to kind of I think share that with other people. There's just our way of of kind of letting it go and and thinking about others than just breast cancer. And uh, it's sometimes hard to do, but we try to do that every year and 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 dedicate that time. I'm I'm wondering if this what you just said is the answer to my next question already. But I, I'm thinking working in a nonprofit has to have. A lot of burnout. I mean, people can grow tired, you know, of helping constantly or constantly seeing a need. So I'm wondering how you and your staff avoid kindness burnout. Yeah, you know, it's um, it is important for us to to do that because the line of work that, you know, we're in every day we see, um, you know, we strive to, to find that cure, to find, you know, that that solution for somebody that's going through um, breast cancer and, and how do we do that, whether it's, again, listening or giving them the resources they need, but um, we can. And I think for us, how do we avoid that is um, we, we try, I'm very encouraged people to take time off, you know, and spend time with their families and friends. And, um, you know, we have a very um, uh, great benefits in terms of allowing people to do that. And you need to step away. Uh, because then it becomes really more impactful and emotional. If, if you're continuously don't take a break uh, and you're always kind of on the go and nonstop, it, it can burn you out. And we try to really pay attention to that because there's times where we do get, uh, you know, it's we're getting close to an event, uh, the race, or we're getting close to, you know, our grant process and funding these programs in our communities. And uh, it, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of heartache uh, in terms of we see people we've we've known for years um, and then they pass uh, mm-hmm. because of this horrible disease. And it takes us it takes personal. We, we, we go to sometimes we go to funeral homes and have to, you know, share that um, sorrow with, with the people that we've you know learned to grow and build relationships with. So it, it can be very difficult. But um, I, we know that there's a bigger purpose for us. Um, and this is just one stepping stone to working harder and 
and, um, you know, dedicating, you know, our time and efforts. But uh, we do try to take, you know, enjoy the time off, especially with the holidays coming up. Um, we, we shut the office down uh, between Christmas and New Year's and and uh, just, you know, really revive ourselves and get ready back for the new year and all the things that we have to look forward to. So the Columbus race happens in May and um, that has to be so cool. It's the largest, and this is so, this is really neat. It's been the largest race for the cure in the country for the past five years. And you had 25,000 people at this last year. So that's got to be just this amazing celebration uh, full of survivors and pink and, you know, men who are survivors or men who love these women or whatever. Um, what kind of kindness do you see? What's the, what does race day look like? Oh my gosh. It's, 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 um, if, if no one has ever experienced it, I encourage them to at least come down and watch. Um, obviously we encourage participation, but, um, you know, May 19th is coming faster than we know it and we're preparing for it every day, but, um, it's just a culmination for us, um, in a sense of, uh, celebration, uh, again, for the survivors that are there and, you see the sea of pink and there's um, the signs that say, you know, six month diagnosed, you know, to all the way up to over 40 years. And um, it's that camaraderie among themselves that they can see that vision. And, and for the younger ones that are just being diagnosed within, you know, the year, they can see people that have lived 15, 20, 25, 30 years. The ones that are been 30, 40 years, they can see the ones that are just diagnosed and it's just, everybody's there to lend support and, and, and high five and hugs. And, and, and then you see the participants who are there because probably someone they know or they love, um, has been affected. Um, and they're supporting and they're just, you know, they're anytime somebody walks by, they're giving high fives and, and then just that encouragement and that celebration. But then there's also the part that, um, I think is always difficult for us is we have a memorial wall where we honor the ones that have lost um, over the years. And um, just to see that too, where they all come together. So you, it's a ride of emotions. It's, you know, you start off high and, um, and, and then sometimes you have a low because you see someone walking by that has their kid, um, you know, in memory of my mom, um, you know, on their back of their, the signs on the back signs that say in memory mm-hmm. of my mom. I mean, it, that's, just gut wrenching. But then at the end, you know, you have the, the survivors that are crossing the line and some that have just been through chemo and they're crying and their families are there hugging and supporting and everyone's cheering for them. Um, and then, you know, just that celebration, they made it another year. And yeah. uh, so it's, it's a really ride of emotions, but it's, it's one of the best experiences you can ever have. I feel like breast cancer in general is a ride of emotions. You know, I'll be doing fine, you know, two, three years out of my diagnosis. And then Something will happen with my kids and or we'll watch a movie and the mom in it has breast cancer and we'll just all start sobbing as a family. And it's just like, wait, where did that come from? I thought we were fine. I thought we were past this. So it it seems like that day kind of encapsulates what it's like to be a survivor, too. So the, the Race for the Cure is uh, a fundraiser. People can go out and do fundraising, and they pay an entry fee. I'm wondering if you can um, share with us where the money goes. How do we know that the money is going to a good cause, to the right place? Yeah, well, it's you know, 100% of everyone's donation is going. We, we, we actually fund research at a, at a national level, and 
and that money, you know, sometimes comes, you know, go comes back to the James and and to Ohio and Cleveland Clinic and other great in- research institutions here, but also across the country. And we're finding cures, you know, every day or some new technology where it's, um, you know, again getting right to the source. And, you know, we're finding now that breast cancer, there's all different types and they reflect differently with different drugs and treatments. And we're really starting to pinpoint uh, more, again, approaches for every single person independently. Um, And not one, one, you know, treatment works best for everybody. So it's really more uh, personalized. And and that's because of the research that we've been doing. Uh, The other 75% kind of stays in our local community. And and funds, um, you know, mammograms and funds treatment and navigation, getting people to their treatment, making sure they follow through with their treatment, giving them the best chance to live, um, uh, you know, a healthy life after they're done. So mm-hmm. we're really very fortunate to be able to fund uh, on all levels, um, you know, not only the research, um, but the local community uh, as well. And then, you know, making sure we're advocating too, making sure those policies that um, at the state level and, and the federal level are, are, are giving them everyone the best option to um, survive and get the best treatment possible. So it's on all fronts and, and that's what we do with the money. And we're very fortunate to have wonderful community support and donors. So how can people get involved in the race? Absolutely. They can go to our website at comingcolumbus.org. They can register, they can volunteer, um, they can, uh, if they have corporations that want to support it and if they have a survivor or something they want to register, um, that's the best way to do it. But, um, obviously we are so, you know, thankful for the support that we've given in our community and we want everybody to be involved and there's always something that somebody can do. Mm-hmm. So, and for the runners, is this a half marathon? Is that right? No, it's a 5k. So it's only 3.1 miles. Oh, um, great. Running. <laughs> And then we also have a lot of walkers that just like to walk with their family and um, their kids. And, and so it's it's obviously doable for everybody. So anybody can do a, a 3.1 mile uh, a race, whether they walk or run. And for people listening in other parts of the country, they happen all over the nation. That's right. And they can, they can go to Komen.org uh, to look at to find their local affiliates. Um, And uh, again, we're always here to help, too. If they want to call us locally, we're happy to share what's in their community as well. But um, we're we're very fortunate. Well, I have felt really fortunate um, to know you women through the the Coleman Columbus branch. And and it has been life changing for my family because it was uh, you guys who called the national organization and said, hey, do you know that there's a little girl who is sewing coffee cup cozies down in Athens, Ohio? Um, isn't that a neat story? And she's, you know, and that, that little girl is my daughter, Jordan. And um, she has, you know, now she has her, her cozies um, seasonally in Walmart and, uh, and at other stores and is sewing Sewing, sewing, but you guys have given her through that chain of events um, really a sense of confidence and a really a belief that her ideas matter and that her efforts matter. And um, and I think that's the whole thing because, you know, it's not one person is going to cure breast cancer. This is going to be a team effort. And um, you're really leading the way in that. And I appreciate that kindness very, very much. Well, thank you. And I, you, you have um, given us too. I mean, I think it's, it's always reciprocal. We, you know, we always love to share the stories that are out in our community, but it really makes us, um, you know, feel good too, that 
there's people that are supporting our, you know, the team effort. And, and I think you're right. It is a team effort. And um, we're just very fortunate to have people like you and Jordan in our lives and continue that everybody can make a difference. And, and it's it's one step at a time. And, and whether it's big or small, um, you can you can make an impact in, in so many lives. Um, and we're, again, just so fortunate and thankful every day that uh, you guys are in our lives. Thanks, Katie. Hey, before I let you go, do you have a favorite kindness story, either personally or through through Coleman Columbus, that you want to share with us? Yeah, I think um, for me, it's um, it's back in in the day again when we were one one person staff and all volunteers, and um, I think for me, the, the kindness piece of that is is just that I had a. Uh, we were running around and we were struggling because we, it was pouring down rain and we're trying to set up. And we had these, just this wonderful crew that just happened to walk by the state house as we were setting up. Um, and, and I think they were coming from a concert or something at either at the state house. And they said, Hey, we're willing to help you real quick. And, and if you need us, and of course we took it up on them because it was pouring down rain and we wanted to get out of the rain and, <laughs> Um, it was just a kind of a natural for me. And so I always remember that story because it's just out of the blue and they weren't signed up to volunteer. They were just walking past our setup and um, saw a need uh, and, and a very helpful need. And um, I will always treasure that story because they really helped us. And we would have never been able to do it without them. And uh, we would have been late with getting everything set up and mm-hmm. or at least waiting till the next morning, which would always been put a time crunch on it. But um I think that's one of my favorites is just walk, seeing by, you know, they're walking by, not even uh, there and just felt the need to say, can we help? And I, um, I will take that on forever in terms of just knowing that we can always do that ourselves and uh, uh, every day that we, we live and sharing with other people. That's right. And kindness always just seems to show up at exactly the right time, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Absolutely. Katie Carter, thank you so much for talking with me today. I sure appreciate it. And good luck with the race. Thank you so much for having me. That was a conversation with Katie Carter. Learn more about the next Race for the Cure in Southeastern Ohio at ColemanColumbus.org or find a race near you and great advice for those being diagnosed with breast cancer at Coleman.org. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Madeline Peck. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd spread some kindness in the review section. 